Welcome to episode 28 of The Teacher's Promise. I'm your host, Brett Hansen, and I'm proud to celebrate, inspire, and nurture educators around the world by sharing the inspiring stories of compassionate professionals. This month, we'll be exploring our first big topic of the year, innovative ways to grow our careers while still teaching. In the past, teachers who wanted to grow their career had to either become administrators or leave the profession, which many people are doing. But what if we want more freedom, control, and challenges while still teaching? The dramatic changes in education are creating a lot of problems for the system, but they are also creating opportunities. This week, we'll hear about Missy Bosley's brave quest to start her own teacher coaching business as she works in her traditional school job. Don't forget to listen to this month's Teacher's Report in two weeks, when I'll expand on other alternative paths and side hustles all teachers can consider to take control of their future work, earnings, and career satisfaction. Please don't worry. This isn't about leaving the kids behind. It's about finding a way to care for them and satisfy ourselves as professionals. Because children are important, but so are you. So let's get to this month's topic. The first change topic we will be discussing is alternative ways educators can grow and thrive as professionals while continuing to teach, to do the thing we love, whether in the classroom, out of the classroom, or a little bit of both. For example, you could work part-time in a classroom and part-time as a teaching coach or AI advisor or online instructor or personal tutor or one of many other things, other skills that you've developed. Yes, change can be hard, but it also offers opportunities. For years, many of us have disliked that the only way to really advance education has been to become an administrator, which usually means not teaching. We can change this. We just need ideas, a little courage, and some trailblazers. One trailblazer has been moving toward this type of career for quite a while. Missy Bosley has worked in education for over 26 years as a special education teacher, a co-teacher, a Title I teacher, a district reading specialist, a mentor, and an instructional coach. Her dedication to education seems to know no bounds. It's my great pleasure to welcome her to the show. Thanks for joining us, Missy. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks, Brett, for having me. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So you've evolved from a teacher of students to a teacher of teachers. Did you always know you wanted to go in this direction? And what training or certifications have helped you to move in this direction? I think it, na- it naturally evolved because as a special education teacher, I was really hired and was specifically told that I was going to be in- an inclusion-based special education teacher, which that means is that I really was team teaching or co-teaching with another professional. And what I found through that experience, number one, that I absolutely loved it, but number two, that after we were done planning and then teaching, there was this level of reflection that that we would go back and forth, like kind of like a dance where um, 
my questions and my partner's questions would really just teach each other how to be better teachers. So I knew that from every job past those initial jobs that I wanted to have an experience where I was always being taught and that my opinion or my professional expertise was also being respected. And it, and that dance was something I, I've always been very much addicted to. And the training and certifications that have really helped me is I've had an amazing amount of strong women professional leaders. And one of them had started a literacy coaching certificate out of Viterbo. And at a few years into my reading specialist journey, that cohort actually came to Northeastern Wisconsin. And I started my, my uh, training and certification there first, the literacy coaching certificate. And then I've participated in other coaching certifications or just other coaching cohorts from that point on to just continue to increase my skills as um, a coach or as a teacher of teachers. And what was her name, the the, per- the woman who got you involved in literacy coaching? Yeah, thank you for even asking. Uh, her name is Lorraine, and she was one of my um, instructors to become a reading specialist, but uh, she um, she, she is my, she's been my rock. She is, she is my person. And Lorraine is, um, well into her eighties now and is still teaching, uh, teachers and, uh, has, uh, failed miserably at retirement and continues to evolve. (laughs) So thank you for letting me elevate her. Yeah. Well, good for her for failing in retirement. And, uh, we'll try to make sure either you or I will get her a a link to this episode so she can hear how much she means to you. So how is mentoring or coaching teachers rewarding in a different way than say mentoring kids, or is it rewarding in similar ways? Mm, You know, for me, I'm paying forward the work that so many mentors invested in me, like Lorraine, and I've really been blessed to be hired by um, very strong professional women that really set the the path to be able to do what I get to do now. They have, they've been honest about the path they created. They've been honest about how much the path is still left to be done. But I often tell them, including one of my current mentors that I literally stand on her shoulders, the, the shoulders of a giant. So just like those mentors, for me, it's rewarding to take a person from where they are and then give them a nudge on how I might think or implement a strategy with another perspective. But witnessing someone's professional and professional growth inspires and motivates me that the world of education is really in good hands. Good. Um, you know, this show, of course, focuses as much as possible on compassion. Uh, This year, we're trying to expand into more discussions of important issues and topics, but compassion is still at the center of the podcast and the Teacher's Promise program. What role does compassion play in your work as a mentor of teachers or coaching adults? Is it, do you find it much different than with kids? No, I mean, that's the part that's so ironic. You know, I Google, excuse me, I Googled compassion and I found a definition that really resonates with my work as a mentor or coach. And it said by sharing expressions of kindness, caring and helpfulness, trust is created and learning occurs for everyone involved. And Brett, you know, I am not as effective as a mentor or coach 
if trust isn't created. So to me, compassion is everything um, in my role as a mentor, a coach, and that's regardless of how old the coach is, whether they're a four-year-old or whether they're an adult. It it plays it's like at the heart and the center of everything it is everything that I do um, because yeah. trust has to be there. Yeah, trust is really important in the classroom, whoever we're working with. So what interests you the most about coaching teachers? I mean, what's the thing that fires you up that gets you really excited? What interests me the most about coaching teachers is just the benefits of coaching and how coaching can be transformative for both the person being coached and for me as the coach. Speaking from experience, when I've been asked to really participate in self-exploration, both personally and professionally, I feel a lot of emotions necessary for real change. And this firsthand vulnerable experience has really shown me how beneficial it is to have someone outside my head, like literally and figuratively, who's disrupting my thinking and reflecting my thoughts back to me, which forced me to really wonder why I really do what I do. It's truly a humbling experience and it's worth all the effort. For me, coaching is a partnership and it's a thinking partner process. Yeah, it sounds like a very meaningful one if people are willing to go through it. Um, so, I mean, hopefully some people will realize, hey, even if I don't want to be a coach, I, <laughs> I want this lady to coach me because this sounds mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Thanks. So um, please you know, tell us about the kindest, most positively memorable teacher or coach you've ever had and how the experience with that person has shaped you and your role as a coach today. This could be a uh, like a classroom coach or a sports coach or anybody who has you know, dug in and really mentored you in that coaching way. Yeah. And, you know, his name is Tom and in his role as assistant principal, he um, decided at the end of his career, besides being an assistant principal, that he wanted to be a a JV girls basketball coach. So he, um, as assistant principal, would uh, give students detentions and he always gave the students um, a choice of when to serve the detention. One of the choices was in the morning. So during basketball season, he said to us gals, like, hey, I'm going to open up the gym in the morning. I'm going to have the kids serve detention in the gym and you're free to come in and I will, um, you know, you guys can shoot. And um, I was a, a very successful defensive player. I'm a menace. Like I am like the I was all over defending anybody they asked me to defend. But my shot was actually described by a reporter in the Green Bay Press Gazette as a chicken with flailing arms. So I knew <laughs> that I knew that I if I was going to really increase my um, value to the team, that besides being a menace on defense, I needed to be better at shooting free throws because I was aggressive enough to draw the foul. But when you put me on the free throw line, I couldn't hit the back backside of a barn. So what he, when I would go in with Tom in the mornings, I would be talk, 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 talking to him about everything. And I didn't realize that he was keeping track of the percentage of my shots, whether it was in the paint or outside the paint. And then we'd conclude the session by me shooting free throws. And when he would get me on the line to shoot the free throws, he would say, Missy, see yourself making it. And he meant like making the basket, making the free throw. And um, he taught me really two valuable lessons in, when it comes to me even coaching. He, in that session, when I'd walk in, he was like, okay, what's, you know, essentially, he didn't say it like this, but he was like, what's your goal for today? And it was, of course, to increase my percentage on the free throw line. And then when we were done shooting the free throws, he would tell me what he had seen. His data was, okay, this was my percentage on the free throws. But instead of telling me what he thought I should do next, he trusted 
the inside, you know, the inside gut of a 15 year old and said, Hey, Missy, what do you think you could do to improve your percentage? And he said, and I would easily say, well, I could, you know, keep my elbow in or I could um, follow through or I could actually just stop talking. And um, he um, then would conclude that by saying, okay, I look forward to seeing you um, implement that strategy at practice tonight or a game if there was a game night. And then he'd, you know, tell me to have a good day and we'd, we'd be done with the session. And that's exactly how I approach coaching. And the more I read about and becoming a masterful coach, it was Tom's approach that started me way back then. It was, what's your desired outcome, Missy? Let's practice it. Let's verbalize it. Because when you put words to something, you're more likely to stick to it and then reinforce at the end. And for me, that he, he has really set the stage to how I show up as a coach, how I show up as a teacher, as a mom, as a wife. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, I can, I, I can close my eyes and I am back in that gym and I can smell the gym. I can, exp- I can hear the sounds of it. So I know because it's affecting all of my senses that it was a really memorable life-changing experience. And his name's Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, coach Tom. So mm-hmm. good job. And, and then of course I like the best part of that story that I liked was the non-shaming. I mean, there's just, there's no growth in shame. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we can challenge people and tell them the truth, but we don't need to intensify the shame stuff. So, so what's the most powerful part of coaching teachers of all the stuff in, in, in just as quickly and briefly, what's the most powerful part of coaching teachers? The power of feedback, both giving and receiving it. Yeah. And you kind of just described that with coach Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was succinct. (laughs) Yeah. The power of feedback. (laughs) I mean, we really all need to remember that. So as a, just a little reminder, this month's goal is to um, share information with people on how they can expand their range, their opportunities as a professional, um, especially in this big time of change. So what are the career opportunities for education coaches and how can people get started? Well, um, I'm currently enrolled in a program that is teaching the fundamental skills demanded by the International Coaching Federation. So um, although these credentials and standards aren't required, they're going to guide me to become a more successful coach. So they're also, um, it's my intent to really take myself to the next level and then allow me um, to create a successful coaching and consulting business as I go towards the end of my career. So I'm just really excited to like up my game. I'm, I would say right now, I consider myself like novice coach, but this is really going to give me some really deep education in, in how to earn some additional credentials through the International Coaching Federation, which is something I've really been interested in doing for a long time. Yeah. And if you don't mind, I, I, um, you know, my wife has told me clearly, Brett, don't talk too much on your podcast. People don't want to hear you. <laughs> She's probably right. But I just w- hope that you won't mind me correcting a little bit. You're not ending or getting near the end of your career. You're just finishing one stage of your career and venturing off into another. Because, I mean, we see all the statistics. The United States needs people to stay in the workforce for these very valuable jobs like education, coaching, and things like that. But you know, there's nothing wrong with somebody spending 26, 27, 28 years in the public education classroom system and then venturing off into something else. So not the end of your career, just a change to a different 
uh, phase of your career. Uh, and yeah, forgive no, me for I'm, sticking my nose no, in. No, and I appreciate you sticking your nose in. Like sometimes we've known each other long enough that it's helpful to translate Missy too. So absolutely not. Like to me, this is just continuing to, I, I'm a lifelong learner. So I have I just crave new knowledge. So this really allows me to take this new knowledge and apply it to what I currently do, but then think also about what other opportunities there are as, as, as they come my way. Yeah. And you're coaching now, right? You're doing things with your coaching now? Yeah, absolutely. I um, am a certified um, national facilitator for something called the National School Reform Faculty. And what that means is I um, am hired by this company when I'm not working in my in my school career. And I go all over the nation and I run five day uh critical friends group coaching um, weeks. So I just returned from LA twice this summer and I find great gratitude in teaching people how to be uh, coaches at um, and, and improving their skill and running meetings more efficiently and effectively and solving dilemmas. And I absolutely love it. Um, I've met some amazing educators all over the nation, you know, just most recently actually in LA. And what I always find is that there's such great impact, like not only me impacting them to become better coaches, but they always give me perspective that helps me grow as a professional and as a coach as well. Yeah. And as much as Missy chooses to share, um, it, we will put in the show notes. So if you are interested in these programs or if you if she is open to people contacting her with questions or possible, um, you know, more information about her coming to your district or anything like that, um, it'll all be in the show notes, at least as much as she chooses to share. So you can take a look there um, and you just go to theteacherspromise.com. And then scroll to the episode, open it up, and you'll see the show notes there. So um, we're getting closer to the end of this episode. So what advice or support would you like to offer or share with all educators? The advice I'd say to other educators is never underestimate your value. Like, ever. Um, I just finished up the three-day onboarding with our new staff, and I get a natural like shot of dopamine from those educators that are coming, that are new to the profession, that are coming to our district because they want to do a, a shift um, from one place to another, but never, ever, ever underestimate your value and, and, and offer it because there's so much perspective that we all can gain by people sharing the knowledge that they have and the value that they have. And the other thing I would, I would, I would add is, um, you know, when it comes to coaching for a while, people were questioning like, well, why would teachers need coaching? You know, they did their, they did their degree. They've got four years under their belt. Why would they need a coach? And yet some of those same people would never question that the NFL teams have groups of coaches for each set of positions or doctors hire coaches to help them continuously improve their practice. So what I'd say to educators is, is coaching is really impactful, not just for you, but also for the impact it can have on all of the students that touch you. The impact of coaching for one social studies teacher I worked with that particular year impacted 90 to 100 students during the window we worked together. So ultimately, it's not just coaching the coaching doesn't just be benefit the actual professional. Let's say it's a teacher, it has impact on all of the students that they actually touch, which to me is really the power of it all. 
Yeah. Well, that's a great way to end the episode and our time with you, Missy. Thank you so much for sharing um, all of your wisdom and your insight gained through uh, through your coaching growth and your process. You know, one of my favorite parts of every episode is getting to thank the educator. And um, so thank you for, for being a good special ed teacher, which is so important in our schools now. We have a desperate need for good edu- special education teachers. Thank you for becoming um, a reading interventionist and coach and for helping our young people become better readers. And thank you for blazing this trail and showing other people how you can serve students, move through a a long, productive in-classroom and in-school career, and then grow into some some other dream or goal without leaving the profession of education and still, you know, providing for your family and moving toward a new future. So thank you very much for doing all those things, Missy. You're a wonderful educator, a good friend, and it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Well, thank you, Brett. I appreciate the opportunity very much. What a great way to start the year with our new goals of personal development and financial security. Thanks, Missy, for showing us one path. The goal in our next episode will be to provide clear steps in other paths. Now, if you want to check out some other professionals who have carved their own paths, go back and take a listen to Episode 9, where Karen Riddle describes developing her own private teaching practice. Or listen to Episode 12, where Ellen Levenhagen and Mark Kalinske explain becoming international teachers and all the freedom and financial benefits that provided for them. We'll explore specific ways to become a paid expert in things you're already doing. We'll talk about the steps to become a consultant or, like Missy, a teaching coach. We'll talk about how you can write a book how you can create web pages, how you can become consultants in AI, or talk to your district about being fairly paid for work you're already doing. The goal is for you to grow and become a professional so you can stay in the profession you love. So thanks again for listening. Please remember to visit HansenEducationServices.com to learn more about my offerings and to take a look at the Teacher's Promise book. I still don't use social media well. I'm working on it. I promise I'll try to improve, but I would greatly appreciate it if you'd continue to spread the word about the teacher's promise, especially with our new focus on helping educators grow financially and professionally and really stay in the career, but earn the money we deserve. So always remember that you must take care of yourself in order to take care of others. And that includes these Uh, difficult to talk about financial and professional issues. So I look forward to talking to you again in a couple weeks. Until next time.